At Jared, we know devotion isn't a once-a-year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted. Blog Talk Radio. Hey everyone, and welcome to another edition of Syracuse Sports Make Me Drink, here in the Trine News and Absolute Magician Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, John Casillo, and with me today, we have at least Dan Lyons and Jared and probably Matt, though I saw somebody just drop. I'm in. It's not me. This is Jared, if you can hear me. Matt's in. Yep. I think Dan might have dropped. I think he's back. Oh no! Welcome back. Oh, it's good to see you back. Hello? By the way, Dan. We got you, Dan. Awesome. Let me know if you guys can hear me well. Um, I'm using my headset tonight because I'm too lazy to put the phone up to my ear. America. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Not so I guess we'll, uh, we'll get started. Um, ACC tournament. So uh, I think we were kind of all a little depressed about this about a week ago, but I think things have kind of turned around at least mildly. Um, I guess, Jared, starting with you, like, we'll get into all the games, but, but what's your outlook for Syracuse here? Is it win it all or bust? Um, no, I think, you know, like, sort of like last year going into the Big East tournament for Syracuse, I would really just like to see them get through the first game, whoever it is that they play. It looks like it's going to be NC State, which, um, if it is, you know, they gave Syracuse a run for their money in their first meeting. So that will be a good test for Syracuse. And, you know, you get by NC State, you play well. Um, and like last season, hopefully that's sort of a Kickstarter. You know, hopefully – it's one of those things where Trevor Cooney hits some more threes and, you know, Grant gets back into the role of things. Farrah keeps doing what he's doing. Ennis keeps doing what he's doing. And the outlook on this team is a complete 180 uh, heading into a game probably against Duke and then, uh, you know, the next two games, which would be Duke, North Carolina, or Virginia. Those are solid tests. And those give us a good idea where this team may be at heading into next week. Uh, which is, you know, all that matters anyway. So I'm really excited. Um, you know, the first round games, which are starting tomorrow, really don't really pique my interest. I'm not, I'll admit, I probably won't be uh, sitting at the, the television screen watching them all day. But uh, once the second, the second round rolls around on Thursday, I'll be ready to rock and roll. Matt, Dan, why do you want to jump in? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, I, I kind of want to say mine to Jared. Uh, I, I'm, A, very happy that the team put together a good performance heading into the tournament. Obviously, uh, Florida State's not the greatest team in the world. They're solid. Um, they gave us, you know, the fact that we out-rebounded them by, like, almost 20 when they have two huge dies inside was, was a, you know, a very good sign. But it doesn't mean that we're totally out of the out of the you know funk. We one game doesn't really decide that. Although the way the team played, it sure looked like we are. Um, Cooney aside, uh, but we you know we won pretty comfortably without Cooney playing all that well. Even though he did hit two giant shots, which I feel like people didn't give him a ton of credit for um, because he played so poorly otherwise. But without those two shots, I don't know if we break the game open. Um, but for the tournament itself, I think you got to win the quarterfinal um, just because. It's a good win uh, against NC State or whoever we play, but it's still a team that, like, that if we are back, we do need to handle. And then after that, um, I want to win the whole thing. Uh, if we lose to Duke and it's a good game and we look very, and we look like we did last minute against Duke, where it was close when we played them pretty much even, it won't be the end of the world. Um, I think just winning the one game will probably solidify it too, unless some weird stuff happens to the other teams. So that's really important, but everything else, I mean, this team, everyone's counted us out for a one, and if they win the ACC tournament, I don't see 
how we don't get a one seed at twenty at what a uh, thirty and four and an ACC championship. So uh, and we have a chance to maybe get a little bit of uh, revenge against Virginia, um, play them at full strength, hopefully. So a lot of good things that can happen. I think we have we have more to gain from the ACC tournament than lose, which is always a nice thing. I I uh, had a interesting Twitter debate with a lot of people in regard to what it would mean for Syracuse to go 30-4 and four and where it would then lead itself to an NCAA tournament seed. And I think it's fascinating right now. Everyone seems so clear-cut, definitive on what's going to happen, and there is so much basketball left to be played, not just for a team like Syracuse, but for all the other teams it's theoretically competing against for that one seed. If Syracuse does win the ACC and Wisconsin falters, I think SU or Michigan, I think Syracuse is the one seed. I don't think there's much debate. As, cr- as crazy as that sounds, I don't think there's a whole lot of debate there. Um, so the, the ceiling, although everyone wants to cap it, is really still kind of unlimited right now for SU, and these next three games are, are huge. If you care about seeding, and I do, I think it is important. I do think it matters if you're one or two or three. And for Syracuse, you, I think you obviously have to get to a, the best seed possible. That's a one. So the next three are going to be huge for SU. But having said that, it was nice to see SU come together, play a complete game for the first time in forever, and run away from Florida State at the end. But as you said, Dan, Florida State's not that good. And I don't think I feel any more confident going into Friday night's game with potentially and likely NC State. You know, Jared said how close that game was at the Dome, and Warren is such a legit player, and it's a pretty solid team in NC State. It's not necessarily a cupcake cupcake type game for a you know a two seed and uh so i it'd be awesome to see su pull it together for three straight and get that one seed i don't think it's likely but i think a ton is still on the line for su in terms of these next three games potentially can i can i just say something about the seeding and the talking about the seeding because this is uh, been firing me up a little bit, and unfortunately, I haven't been on Twitter and been able to get sit down and talk or write out some stuff on Troy Nunes. Um, you know, I've been at this thing for a while. You know, watching college basketball and watching Syracuse hoops, and anytime Syracuse is in a position like this to grab a number one seed or get a higher seed, or I mean, does it really? I mean, John, it seems like you're really into it that it really does matter between a one, a two, a three, and a four. I'm under the impression that I just want these guys to play better. You know, if 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 they look like they're playing better heading into March, I feel better about that if they are left to, you know, unless they play. Uh, I feel better about them playing better um, and getting, you know, a three seed maybe um, if they, you know, play a tight game against a Duke team or a Virginia team that's playing pretty well. Um, other than if we look sloppy and don't look good at all, if we beat, um, you know, a Duke or a Virginia. I just want this team to start looking better um, because I know if they are playing better, uh, you know, the three, or the two, the three, the one, the four, the 12, whatever we are, end up really is not going to matter a whole lot. Um, I mean, history says otherwise, though, Jared. <laughs> well, I, you know, rarely do you see a four seed win the NCAA tournament. Right, but I mean, okay, uh, but are we talking in terms of, I mean, Syracuse has had the one seed in the past, and that, that hasn't helped them reach the Final Four. I mean, Well, I don't it, know if that's, that's not a, you can't just say that it didn't help. I think we, you know, Syracuse as a one got to, without Fad Mello, was able to get further, I think, by having that one to get to the Elite Eight. And then a run injury, as as lazy as it is to say it, to me, it kind of disqualifies that whole 2010. Uh, I mean, I just, I just don't, I don't know. I, I've seen so many of these number one seeds go down, um, you know, in, you know, the second week, um, just because they're not playing, either they're not playing well, um, or just other teams are playing better. Uh, I just, to me, it's just so much, so much is given to these number one talk about these number one seeds uh, and how much it really matters going in. Where really it's just play, just play hoops, win the games, and I mean that's that's all that really matters. I mean at this point, you know it's going to take a really sloppy, terrible effort uh, 
for Syracuse to even get bumped out of the East, East region. They're going to be in Buffalo, and the only thing that's going to keep them going for Madison Square Garden is that they look dreadful. Uh, in, you know, actually, if they probably, they probably if they lose to like a Virginia or a Miami, who squeaks by North Carolina State. Um, I mean, if they, unless they get dominated by uh, the Wolfpack. But other than that, they're pretty much locked in to a one, two, three, or four seed in the East. Um, at least that's what I've seen. I mean, even the from, from the, the bracketologists. So, I mean, that doesn't worry me too much. See, I disagree um, a little bit on where we're locked in, if only because, I mean, looking at it right now, I think we can all agree that three of the number one seeds are completely cemented. I think Florida, Arizona, and Wichita State have theirs. So we're looking at the East number one seed is the only one left. Um, so I think the only teams up for that would be probably Michigan, Wisconsin, Syracuse, Virginia, and, uh, and somehow Duke. Um, and, and to me, I think, you know, with the winner of the ACC – as long as I think if the winner of the ACC, if it's Syracuse, Virginia, or Duke, beats the other two teams in that grouping, um, or North Carolina in Virginia's case, I think that team is going to end up being number one. And if that team is number one, Syracuse is not going to be in the East just because of the, you know, not ironclad rule, but um, pretty standard practice of trying to split up the top three teams um, into different regions. So that kind of I mean, I've seen a lot of projections now sending us out west, which, you know, for me does me a lot of favors because I get to drive down to Anaheim to see them. But at the same time, I don't think cross-country trips for, um, you know, Sweet 16 and Elite 8 is, is definitely, you know, the route we want to go. But, yeah, I, I, I would say I disagree about us being locked into the east. I, don't, I think that's a far cry from being true. But I, I think that seating-wise... Um, seeding is all what you make of it. It's also what the brackets make of it. Um, you know, the S curve might dictate one thing that someone's an eight seed, but that eight seed might match up really well with you as a one seed. Um, so I think matchups are a big thing. And, you know, the NCAA tournament is what by and large attracts you. Um, but I think as a team, you just do what you can do to put yourself in the most advantageous situation. And for us, um, the most advantageous situation is being a one seed in the East. Um, that doesn't mean the other the other, you know, options are doomed to failure. It just means that they're not as good, if that makes any sense. I think people have been more, it seems like more obsessive over seeding this year uh, because of the Darden. Like, that's really a huge, I mean, it should be a pretty decent advantage um, for Syracuse if they can lock up a one or even a two. Like, if we if we were to the two in if we were into the two in the East and Villanova wasn't be our number one, I think all of us would sign up for that in a, in a minute. Um, but just getting, getting to MSG is such a boon for, for this team. Um, anyone who's been to a game down there for uh, Syracuse St. John's or a Big East team realize like, what, what it does. And I think with the NCAA tournament, the local fan base in New York will just be even more ridiculous. Um, that I think that's more of the, the concern. I, I, if you – you know, ask me if I want if I could be like the, a one in Indianapolis or a three in MSG. Give me MSG every time. Um, I think that's just the bigger concern, and that's why people seem to be a little more worried about seedings this year than they have in the past. Um, even in like I think 2010, people were a little upset because there was that like we didn't really know what was going on with AO, and we thought it was unfair that if he was going to come back, we'd get docked, and people wanted us to be realized as, like, the best team in the, uh, in the country, and that's why we want, really wanted the one seed. But this year I think it's just more the, the Madison Square Garden issue. Yeah, I do see some now. I'm looking at some more updated uh, bracketology uh, stuff. That, that They do have some of us going out to the West and Midwest. So, I mean, that that's understandable. When I was looking a couple days ago, I was seeing us as a three seed and still being in the East. So I, I didn't see that much of it. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious that we're – Syracuse is going to Buffalo no matter what, especially with the with the pod system, the way it works out, uh, at least for the the first week. So that's, I mean, that's beneficial. Um, and then you just hope for good matchups and you're playing well as you move forward, sort of regardless of where you play. I mean, last year, it, you know, it, 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 I, we ended up in D.C., which helped out um, yeah, for, uh, a familiar uh, arena for Syracuse. Um, but we started the we started the tournament way out west. So I mean, and, and sometimes I, I do buy into the fact 
uh, or the belief that it's sometimes good to get away from home uh, when you have some big games, just because, especially if it's on an intra court, um, you get a chance to not worry about the family, not worry about what's going all going around around you, just worry about hoops and just practicing and all that stuff. So sometimes I do think that is beneficial. I suppose we have to play like another West Coast team in California, like we did last year, which was still nonsense. Just play Cal like at Cal, basically. <laughs> yeah, well, the problem is, I mean, well, at least on the bright side, there aren't a lot of West Coast teams in this year's tournament. At least based on current projections. You know, what I mean, yeah. about the East. Just real quick in the East, that and I, I'm all in on it. I think having Madison Square is the biggest deal in the world, and it will put you know a ton of SU fans there. And just like in Albany, you know, three, uh, you, you know, and Jared said Washington was a big help. You, you really do need that added advantage. But I do think that the East is going to be loaded, specifically because of Madison Square and New York City. And just the East Coast potential. So, you know, Syracuse, Connecticut, uh, you know, obviously Nova. But then some of the other teams that may just slide over and the community is going to obviously come out and say, well, you know, this is the way it all potted out. But I, I would be, you know, Kentucky, some of those types of schools that could go anywhere will probably be shifted to the East just because you get that Sunday afternoon at the Garden with, you know, Syracuse who is going to bring – people there and bring eyes to the set and then another team. I, I just I look at those brackets lately from, you know, SB Nation and some of the others out there and it's like, boy, I see you in the Midwest, Wichita State and, you know, maybe a, uh, a hurting Kansas that may not be the worst case scenario if that's you. Oh, I love out. that yeah, and I think it's fantastic. I, actually, I think a lot of the fans are more I think it's kind of a prideful thing at this point that Syracuse is, if you look at the entire body of work, I think the SU fan gets a little, you know, back up, you know, kind of arches a little bit because they're like, hey, you know, from from jump to end, from tip to buzzer, SU has been very consistent, a bad stretch, but overall it's worthy of being here. And I think that's part of this defense of getting the one seed is just simply no one's looking at SU's whole year, but in reality it may not be too bad to slide a little bit just to hit the Midwest. You know, I, I wouldn't be that upset if we had to play Wichita in the Elite Eight. Like I, I, I think Wichita's a good team, uh, but I am not like I'm still so underwhelmed by their by their turn, uh, you know scheduling, and it's not entirely their fault. Like we don't know who they tried to play, but like man, that that they just haven't played anybody, and like the best team they played is what Tennessee or BYU. Like that's just so unimpressive. So. I would take my shot. I mean, if we didn't get MSG, I would be okay playing the Wichita State roulette and seeing how it worked out because uh, that's easily, like, I don't want any part of Florida and Arizona, um, but Wichita I'm all about if we can play them. And you know what? Like, the Midwest bracket doesn't even take us that far. I mean, Indianapolis, no, it's not right next door, but, I mean, there's much further places we could be headed mm-hmm. um, for a Midwest bracket than Indianapolis. Um I know the Midwest bracket you were talking about, Matt. I mean, it just seemed – it didn't seem like cakewalk by any means, but it seemed like a much simpler bracket. I mean, any East bracket I've seen is projected in looks absolutely terrifying. There's just – I mean, there's teams that just terrify like, – they're just bad. I mean, it's Creighton, it's Wisconsin. It's teams like that that just – seems like everywhere we look, there's another team that seems engineered to beat us. And, and, yeah, you know, I mean, like I said earlier, it, it's just as much about seeding as it is about how the bracket falls. And if the bracket falls with, you know, fairly manageable teams, I don't really care what seed we are because I know this team's capable right. of beating anyone as long as they're yeah, not sort of, I guess that's sort of my point. My point is if you're going to rank things when the tournament bracket comes out, you know, it, you know, an order. My order is I want Syracuse to play well, be playing well, number one. Number two, I want favorable matchups in the brackets and uh, you know, the possibility of maybe a lower seed uh having a chance to knock off uh, you know, our our higher seed knocking off a lower seed or however you describe that. Uh because that helps in your bracket run as well. Uh and then the other one is location. <laughs> I mean that's 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 where I kind of rank those things. So uh, I, I when the bracket comes out, I just look up look out look up for matchups. That's all I look for. 
Uh, and if I see all the matchups that I like, I like Syracuse's road. If I don't, then it's not it's not a good day for me. I hate always I always hate when I come out and I gotta cut I disagree with you, Jared, but I didn't understand the last part of that. And you cut out through the majority of that last part. Oh, which part did you hear? <laughs> I don't know. It was a lot of it, I think, actually. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> It was just, it was a bunch of gargle, I thought it. So, <laughs> basically, my point was, if I am ranking ranking uh, importance when the bracket comes out, it's how well Syracuse is playing and who they possibly could play and then where they're going to be playing. So, that's that's basically what my point was. I think that's fair. I think it's just easier to project like the location than it is because the the matchups can just go so many different ways. Like there's so many possibilities. Although we know we're playing UConn in the second round, right? Like we know they're going to do that. And then we're going to play UConn in the second round. There's just like no doubt in my mind. Yeah, that would be fun. We're going to be matched up with another Big East, like former Big East team. Like yeah, at least think, once, if not twice. Gauntlet. I think uh, for George, they have, they have like 17 losses, so they're not going to make it. Uh-huh. I think uh, Calipari and or Patino is a very big potential also for MSG. Either be at Kentucky in the Sweet 16 if it somehow makes it that far, and I think Louisville. I just somehow I, I see a Bayhan Patino matchup in the Garden. Yeah, well, Kentucky they can put anywhere because Kentucky will travel like no matter where they put them. Yeah. So I mean, Indianapolis is easy for them, but I mean, Kentucky will bring a ton of people to the Garden or to Anaheim or wherever. Yeah. So. I think yeah, Kentucky like basketball in the Garden would be huge. So I just I feel like that's happening. And then Patino's New York City guy is coming home, and it's Louisville's on fire at the moment, and it's TV numbers with Louisville's market, and it's kind of cynical. But man, I just I think that's how the committee is going to, you know, just somehow it'll all happen to be where it's going to be Bayheim and two or more legit coaches in the regional finals or semifinal and final. Yeah. All right. And they do like to do the little. They do like to do those few matchups. I mean, they did put us in Vermont a couple of years ago, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, they say, oh, that's how it works out or shapes out. But, no, it's. Okay, and the that's at the time. Like, they do that stuff all the time. So, I guess going off that, um, I'll ask everybody, uh, starting with you, Jared, who are the four teams, um, non-Final Four division, um, that, 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 that you want to avoid at all costs before Dallas? Um, I know everyone's yeah, answer. Dan, yeah, Dan, 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 and I have this Twitter debate every quite frequently. It seems like every time there's good college basketball on, uh, I one of my, one of the teams obviously uh, is Creighton. It's a team that I mean they can make 15, 23 pointers per game with without a, with no problem. That's what they do. That's their offense. Um, everyone has been saying about Creighton this year that they live and die by the three. They don't live and die by the three. They just live by the three. That's all they do. So, and that's just a fantastic way to uh, to bust open the two-three zone, as we all know. One team I was really getting scared of was Iowa at one point, but man, they've really faltered. Um, so this kind of gotten off my list a little bit. Iowa State is another team that can light it up uh, from behind the three-point arc. Uh, that you know, they have a couple of really good players who that you know, athletic players that can match up um, with Syracuse and give them some fits. So you know, th- those are teams. That's a, that's a team to look out for. And if I'm looking around, I'm trying to think higher seeds. I'm looking at the bracket now. I mean, uh, Michigan's another one of those teams. You know, they're a little inconsistent, but that's another team. But they'll probably be seeded a little bit higher. But uh, if you're looking for four teams, those, those are four teams that kind of scare me a little bit. And, I mean, Jesus, Louisville's playing outstanding too right now. So um, that, that's another team that we could probably see in the Elite Eight or so if they're, if they're in our bracket. I think uh, – like, Oh, sorry, Dan. I was we all wait and talk to you Kind of like a hive mind thing there because I was looking down this, the, the SB Nation uh, mock uh, bracketology – 
And the ones I was going to list off were Creighton, Iowa State, Iowa, um, Louisville, <laughs> like all the same ones. I think um, VCU is a team we haven't played that we always kind of see, and they could be like a seven to our two or so. Um, and I'm just a little concerned. This is not the best VCU team, but, you know, a couple of years ago, no one thought they should be in, and they went to the Final Four. So who knows how good they actually are. Um, but that style kind of scares me. I think we would either, like, run them off the floor with our athleticism or um, they would just give us all kinds of trouble. Um, Creighton's is obvious because they bomb threes. The only only decent thing about Creighton for us is that they're not super athletic. So I think it would be easier to get out on them, like on an Ethan Raggi or, or a Doug McDermott, than it would be to get out on, like, a, a Shabazz Napier who's really crafty and can get a shot off. Um, and they don't play any defense. Well, yeah, and Creighton also, yeah, they play no D. Um, then, uh, and, and then you said Iowa State. Iowa State just has those forwards that are just mean. Like, they're all 6-8 bruisers. I could just see uh, them getting us into foul trouble real quick. Um, that's just a really underrated team. I, they lost some teams they probably shouldn't have. But that team, I think, could definitely make a Final Four run this year. Um, and then trying to give an original answer, um, I don't know, Wisconsin's obviously scary. It's just, I don't know, it, it seems like this team, uh, it, it's hard to get a beat on because they've played such, like, up-and-down ball over the course of the year. And, like, Villanova's a team that you would think might give us trouble. I remember going into the Villanova game, we were kind of concerned because they have all this, you know, the fast guards and they can store. And once we got, you know, kind of playing to their, uh, playing the tempo we wanted, we just ran them off the court. So it's not, it's not always easy to tell, but those are some of the teams that concern me. I think we've basically hit them all. I mean, Arizona's a team that Syracuse, I don't think, I don't think anyone truly right now wants to play. Obviously can get down low, can beat you up. Uh, Gordon, Ashley, that's a team that looks poised to make a, a long run. Jared mentioned Louisville. I think maybe Dan also mentioned Louisville and how just on fire it is right now. And it's, you know, a classic Patino team that you just don't want to play, although Bayham won't admit it. Creighton is going to hit threes for days. And I think Michigan is another team right now with the way it's playing. It's not exactly pretty and it's Big Ten basketball, but Gary's not there. But uh, Stoskis and company uh, winning a lot of games, playing really well, catching fire, and having that confidence uh, may not be a one seed for the Wolverines. Still very well could be. But if that team is a two, or I don't think it goes any lower than a two, but if it slips to even a three, it's certainly one of those teams I think is going to make another run this season, given the experience of last year and just the way it's come together over the last month, month and a half. It just It's awful impressive. Beeline is such a good coach. So I hate to say this because he's not really classically underrated because everyone knows him and I think appreciates John Beeline, but I don't think people understand or, or give credence to how good he actually is. And he gets his teams ready, and Michigan looks like it's going to make another run this year. So I think we're all fully in agreement on the first three. I think Michigan's another team to throw in there that maybe you want to see them on the far end of your bracket sheet next week. And Michigan yeah, State, Izzo. Oh, go ahead, Dan. <laughs> I was going to say, Michigan State, just because Izzo always just does ridiculous things in the tournament. Although, That's I do true. love the, uh, like, I think John Feinstein said the other day, like, wait till Michigan State's fully healthy. I'm like, they're fully healthy, and they've lost, like, five games in a row. What do you want? Like, they, they're not, I mean, they're as healthy as they're going to get, and they keep on losing. So, I don't know. It's the whole, yeah, uh, not game's top. Not to yeah, totally change topic, but like, the whole, like, oh, this team just, you know, gets a, a pass for having injured players, but other teams don't think it's just so strange to me. I agree. I think they're, everyone waited and thought it would click when everyone got healthy, but I think everybody, everybody at Michigan State missed too much time, and it's tough to pull it together this late in the season. That's not a team that's going to make a run. And what do we think about in Kansas? I mean, that's a game changer. That's a, a legit, complete game changer uh, if Embiid's out for, let's say, just the first two games. See, that was going to be the first team I was going to lead with um, on my end was, you know, right now, I mean, ESPN Bracketology has us facing Kansas in the Sweet 16. Now, Kansas looks vulnerable, but you know what? Like, if if they can get past, I mean, in ESPN's bracket right now, they would have to face Kentucky or Pittsburgh in the second round. Now, without Embiid, I don't think they can get past either of those teams. That said then it really sets us up for a pretty shitty Sweet 16 regardless. We're either facing 
a Kentucky team that could either terrify us or we could walk right by a Pittsburgh team that knows us and could be facing us for the, I mean, well, can't be facing us for the time, but a Pittsburgh team that has faced us more than just about any other team, I think, or pretty much more than any other team on the schedule in the past five years. Um, or a Kansas team that would be getting Embiid back. Um, I don't like that for us at all. Michigan's been covered. Um, I think that Michigan is a dark horse for the national championship um, outside of the obvious ones. Um, beyond that, I mean, it really is like I think Pitt, Duke, and Virginia would be like my next just like nightmare scenario teams. It's just, you know, I, like I said, it's not an ironclad rule that we avoid rematches. Um, as early as the Sweet 16 or even the Elite Eight. Uh, or so even the Round of 32. Hi, Marquette. Yeah, Marquette from 2011. That goddamn game. I literally, the second that game came up on uh, Selection Sunday, I sat there and going, shit, we are losing. <laughs> like, My favorite was like, people were like, well, there's nothing they could have done. There were too many teams. I'm like, they could have switched any other sit seed for Marquette or any other three seed for Syracuse and figured it out. Like, that was not an unavoidable they made, problem. Or they weren't a They were 11. Um, we went over this in the comments a couple of weeks ago, and that was, like, if you literally had switched two teams, then because there were three Big East rematches in the second round, if you had just switched two teams, you would have avoided all of that, and nobody would have faced each other until at least the Sweet 16. And that's really, you know, that's really all we were asking for. Know that Syracuse team wasn't destined to do anything more than Sweet 16, but to put them up against, and 11, like, Marquette was underseated at 11 to begin with that year. Um, that was a really good one. put them up against a familiar foe. Oh, was that that? All right, so that team was, like, legitimately a really solid team, that Marquette team. I know they had some yeah. – I think they had injury issues that year, and they lost a couple, like, bad games. But, like, that team was no nowhere near an 11 seed. Yeah, not even close. And they got – I forgot who they faced in that first round, but whoever it was – Right? It was, um, I feel like they almost got beat. Uh, it was like Murray State. That. Was it Murray State? That sounds familiar, actually. I can't remember. I think they almost got beat. It was like a crazy last second shot to win it. And then they came it in with, and you know what? That that same year, it was, in the Davi- round it was Davier. Was oh, no, Davier? Was, yeah, they were the sixth, and Martet was the 11. Oh, okay. That's what it was. Okay. Yeah, it was a crazy end of the game, and, and they won. And then the other – Cincinnati played another Big East team in the round of 32 that year also. I can't remember the team. I can't, I can't remember the team, but there were Cincinnati, two. Cincinnati uh, did, and somebody else did, too. They could have avoided all Cincinnati of played UConn. UConn, okay, yeah. So then two Big East matches in round of 32. someone, I think. No. There was something – St. John's was a fifth that year. They lost it in Zadra, but they could have played someone, I think. I don't know. Yeah, I know there was definitely down. two Big East matchups in the round of 32, which is just stupid. Yeah, that's what I never understood. Like, it, it just seemed like cause then the narrative plot, you know, tossed out after the first weekend was, oh, there's only like, three Big East teams left. Well, you put three of them against each other. <laughs> like, so, of course, there's only going to be three Big East teams left. You, you, you made it, you, you wrote it in stone that it was going to happen because there was no avoiding it. Um, Fun times with narrative. Uh, ESPN, that, that pesky narrative, they're always trouting out. Yeah, there was only, apparently there was only two matchups in that second round, but there could have been three. Um, Cincinnati, Connecticut, and Austin Marquette uh, were both tossed out there. Luckily uh, for the, the, the Big East this year, they're not going to have the issue of having too many teams where they have to play each other. If two locked, and that's pretty much it. I would love to see them only get two bids. Uh, something tells me they'll be able to squeak at least Providence or St. John's, and um, I would love I would to watch our team. I, I would almost like them get in because I like Bryce Totten because he's like the entire team, and they've lost like three or four huge players this year, so they're not a bad story. But that's the only other team that I think deserves it, like St. John's has so many chances to, to get a big win, just hasn't done it. And plus, uh, Lavin's got to make room and shuffle on over to uh, the Knicks locker room. So, <laughs> Who knows? Right. That's, that's the latest rumor is that uh, they're, they're targeting. 
people haven't, yeah. They just don't want to pay moving I costs? Don't... Like, why would they do that? <laughs> Who knows? You know, it wasn't... There was a rumor a while back that they were, and this is like 10 years maybe, they were going after uh, Bobby Hurley Sr. So, Dolan doesn't care. He just does, Whatever you think, he does not care. <laughs> just or, or just sign either... Sign a Spurs assistant, or or try to lure Brian Shaw away from the Nuggets. I I just I anybody. don't care anymore. I mean, anybody Any, better than anybody? But Woodson. And you have to blow the entire roster up too. I mean, that's well. I mean, that's going to happen. Maybe Indulgence. If Melo were to leave, though, that frips cast face. Not that this is a Knicks blog, so I think. <laughs> <laughs> We definitely have a, a fair portion of Knicks fans on the blog, but uh, yeah, let's uh, let's jump into let's jump into booze at this point. We're uh, we're a little bit past the halfway mark. Um, Dan, I know what you're drinking right now. Uh, yes, um, I received earlier today a nice bottle of uh, Pliny the Elder, um, as well as a cool Belgian saison, which I have not broken into. I'm not sure if I'll have that tonight. Uh, Pliny is. Uh, pretty much as good as people say it is. So there's not much to add. It's, it's I'm shocked by how drinkable it is. Like absolutely shocked. I expected it to be. It's hoppy, but like there's just no none of like the the lingering aftertaste or the super bitterness afterwards. It's just really smooth, really fully flavored. Um, but like really shocking how drinkable it is, which is probably the the best. You know the the best thing about it for me right now. Um, but, yeah, if you can get your hands on it, if you're over in California or Philadelphia, because apparently that's the only other city randomly, I recommend it. It's really uh, really delicious. Um, let me see what else I have recently. Uh, oh, yeah, I had a, I actually had a pretty decent week. Um, I had a, I drank a decent amount of uh, Latinitas. Um, I had a little something-something ale. As well as uh, socks, which are both great. Um, socks is awesome. So good. So good. Wow. I had uh, I tried Sam Adams the Stape Route, which they say is a Tolsch. It it doesn't really taste like a Tolsch. I, I don't think they quite pulled it off. Um, it just tastes more like a regular like brown ale. Uh, it's not bad though. Um, and uh, I had some uh, original Hofbrau, which is always good and refreshing in German. So very solid week and and capping it off with this Pliny, which is great. And uh, hoping to try some. I mean, I'm going to a very solid beer area in North Carolina, so hoping to try some new things down there. If anyone has any suggestions of local brews I should check out in the Winston Salem Greensboro area, definitely let me duck know. Duck Rabbit. Definitely hit up Duck Rabbit. Um, trying to think of some other stuff. Admittedly, like North Carolina has like a pretty chill beer scene, but a lot of it's focused in Asheville. Um, yeah. Let me, Dan, I'll send you a link, or I'll throw it in the comments, actually. There's a couple, there's like a North Carolina beer blog that kind of points out some local bottle shops and bars uh, that I can throw in the comments. I think we'll someone do everybody. Someone gave me the name of a brewery in Winston-Salem that sounded pretty good. Uh, so I might try to, maybe not, I probably won't have the time to hit the brewery, but at least try to go pitch up a couple of bottles while I'm down there. Happy. Matt, what do you got? Actually, I've been I've had a sick son, and I've been re- like hardcore sick for me anyway uh, the last few days. So I've been way out of it. Basically, just uh, water and then ginger ale. And that's about it for me, unfortunately. Uh, oh, sorry for that, guys. I'll, I'll step it up though this week. Damn it, Matt. Yeah, I already know you haven't been drinking anything either. Well, actually, uh, no, I haven't been not lately, but I did get the weekend off a couple of weeks ago. And uh, when I was down in the city visiting some of my friends, and uh, unfortunately I didn't get to see Dan Ryan's out, but uh, he, he did direct me in a, into some decent uh, uh, bars. I watched the Syracuse game at Social uh, down in Hell's Kitchen. That was fantastic. Had a great time there. Enjoyed a bunch of Miller Lights there. Uh, but then uh, the day before, the day before um, we, I went to tap room number 307 uh, down, uh, down 
the Midtown area, I believe, around there. And, uh, and uh, it was fantastic. I had a, a, I can't even remember how many different beers I had and what they were because I had so many. So um, it was fantastic, and I had a great time down there. And uh, so I got my little fix in at uh, about the two-thirds mark, and now I have 22 more days of sobriety uh, after that. So it was fantastic. I had a great time in the city uh, a couple week, weekends ago. Nice, guys. I will wrap up. Um, another busy drinking weekend. Well, not weekend anymore, really. Kind of just drink five days a week. Uh, <laughs> checked out uh, Stone's uh, new session IPA, uh, Go To. It's uh, only 4.5% alcohol, so if someone's looking to day drink, it's a perfect opportunity to pick up a sixer of this and barely feel the effects of it over the course of the day. Um, Really delicious IPA. What it does is um, it, it gives you all the hop character you're looking for in a stone IPA, but then without that, like, really heavy feeling afterwards. Um, it's a super light and well-recommended for everyone. Uh, unfortunately, another West Coast-only beer. I'm here, Modern Times, uh, Fortunate Island Pale Ale. Um, delicious, like, wheat pale ale. Um, another one that's only around, like, the 4.5% uh, mark that I'll be enjoying pretty frequently. Uh, beyond that, uh, I checked out uh, Sierra Nevada released their uh, four-way IPA box um, a couple of weeks ago. Um, that's that's nationwide distribution for the most part, um, so everyone in the uh, Tri-State area should be able to grab that as well. Um, just has four different IPAs um, that Sierra Nevada has. Their uh, Blindfold, which is a black IPA, um, the uh, Snow Whip, which is their white IPA. Uh, they have the uh, Nooner Session IPA, which is another one that's only around like 4.3, 4.5% alcohol. Um, and then Torpedo, their uh, double IPA. So if anyone grabs that box, um, definitely uh, should. I think it's around like 14, 15 bucks. So. Affordable, delicious. Sierra Nevada never really disappoints. Um, and then also grabbed, uh, well, my buddy sent me a, uh, from Mother Earth, uh, here in California, that hop diggity uh, double IPA, really delicious. Um, your typical uh, kind of dank um, floral IPA. So for those in California, definitely worth checking that one out if you have a shot. And that's beer. Uh, so now ACC tournament, not just Syracuse, but the whole schedule. Um, like everyone said, um, I'm sure most of us remember, you know, either taking off from work or completely avoiding work um, for most of the first day of the, East, the Big East tournament. Um, not the same exact feeling here um, in the ACC tournament, um, unless you have a, like, snuff film fetish or Wake Forest Notre Dame or Miami <laughs> Virginia Tech. <laughs> Georgia Tech, Boston College. I mean, I mean, I guess those are games. That That's a great might... game. Those are really good teams. Hey man, <laughs> they beat a top. They beat some top ranked teams. That's true. They beat top ranked Syracuse. So, so in that case, this is actually appointment television. Um, but yeah, people should totally watch those games. I guess um, if you want to know who Syracuse and the other legitimate teams in the ACC are facing. Um, Thursday is really where things get interesting. Uh, Maryland, Florida State, um, Pittsburgh faces some awful team. NC State, same deal. And Clemson, ditto. Uh, so I guess going around the room, um, Dan, we'll start with you. Who's the one team outside of probably like the top five? We'll, we'll say so. Virginia, Syracuse, Duke, North Carolina, and Pittsburgh. Um, who else on the top five do you see potentially getting themselves to Saturday? Um, hmm. I'm going to say Maryland uh, because they, I think they've just been playing um, probably a little better than the rest of those teams. Um, and I feel like they've been, they've been underachieving most of the year. I think they have more talent than, than what they've shown, um, which isn't really giving them too much credit, but I just feel like if anyone's going to go on a run, I could see Maryland beating Florida State and then knocking off Virginia again. I mean, they just did it. So 
I think they're probably the one. NC State's probably the easy answer because they have the, the best player, but they play no D. Um, and I think Maryland just has more options. All right. Uh, Matt? I think Syracuse probably got the worst draw it could have gotten, you know, in terms of just looking at the other teams around it. The three seed probably would have been better just to avoid NC State. I think that's a tough out. That's a team playing all right, you know, and it's going to have somewhat of an advantage playing in, in state. And it's going to be coming off that one game, which seems, you know, when Syracuse has had the double bye in the past in the Big East, that hasn't been a great thing. I don't think NC State's going to win the ACC tournament, but I do think that's a team to look out for. I, You know, it's unfortunately going to be playing Syracuse likely, but it looks like it has enough to give SU a run and then, you know, maybe beat up Duke a little bit also if it got that far. And just on top of it, I know this is one of the teams we're not going to talk about here, but uh, North Carolina, I think this is North Carolina's tournament to lose. The Tar Heels are just totally on fire. Marcus Page is out of his mind, and Roy Williams is such a fantastic coach that right now this team, it's ranked 15th in the country, and, and deservedly with all the losses and up-and-down play early. But over the last two months, you'd be hard-pressed to find too many teams that have played better than North Carolina. There's a few, definitely, but, man, Carolina's on fire I think it's it's their Tarheels tournament to lose overall. But in terms of just craziness, I think North Carolina State's a tough draw. Also, Pittsburgh, look out for the Panthers just simply because they have to win. If they get Notre Dame or even Wake, that's a, that could be a loss for Pitt. And then it's back to that, well, is Pittsburgh an NCAA tournament team or not? So it'll be interesting, I think, on Wednesday or on Thursday to just see if Pittsburgh can get that supposed easy victory to go in, and then otherwise, I think Carolina State's going to be tough. My turn? Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, all right, well, see, uh, most of the field has been taken already, but I was eyeing uh, uh, Miami Hurricanes there in our bracket, uh, just because, you know, I'm learning as a good coach. They play that slow-down style, um, and they execute it pretty well. I mean, you don't, I mean, they can't score anything, but that's not going to matter against Virginia Tech very much. And uh, if they play some solid D uh, against NC State and keep that game close, they can down, I think. And then uh, if Syracuse continues to play like dog crap, uh, they'll have the chance to to beat Syracuse. I mean, okay, hey, there was two close games with Miami earlier in the season, so uh, why not? That's that's my little Cinderella making it through to uh, Saturday if they get a, get a chance. All right, and. Uh... To vary things up, and I was actually going to take the team anyway. Um, I'm going Wake Forest. Uh, Wake Forest has really surprised a lot this year, I think. Um, I know they haven't played long on the road. I wouldn't really consider Greensboro a road game for them, though, so here we are. Uh, Greensboro is close enough. I mean, granted, the games they played on the road against the Heels and Duke and NC State were close enough too, but um, if if you know Madison Square Garden is a home for Syracuse, then Greensboro is a home game for Wake Forest. Yeah, it's, it's like that. 25 minutes away. <laughs> they should be able to do something. <laughs> nah, guys, but like, but but that that principle doesn't apply when it comes to the Carolina teams. You know, they get to like home for a Carolina team is comp- is, is comprised of their arena only, and despite <laughs> how close it may seem on a map. North Carolina traffic is a bear. Yeah, because North Carolina traffic is a bear because when there's two inches of snow on the ground, they can't drive five miles on the road. Hey, don't don't be lame. You're you're, you're wildly overestimating. (laughs) (laughs) All right, eight miles. My bad. (laughs) Anyway. Um, I do like how things set up for Wake Forest, uh, despite the fact that I don't think they're going to get to Friday. Um, Notre Dame, they could very well win that game. I think they can beat Pittsburgh because I, I don't buy Pittsburgh. I think that they're a decent team. I think that most years, in a hard bubble, I think they would be screwed right now. But in a soft bubble they're in, um, I think Wake Forest could potentially beat Pitt um, and get themselves to a matchup with North Carolina um, that because of the proximity, it could be a lot closer than it actually would normally be. So, yeah, Wake would be kind of my sleeper, but I definitely agree with all the other choices. I don't 
think that um, out of all of those, um, I don't think that there's really a bad choice. I noticed that we all left out um, our favorite ACC fan base, Clemson, which I'm sure will overjoy any uh, Tigers uh, fans who feel like tuning into this, which is probably zero. That's right, Clemson. We disrespected you again. <laughs> How do you feel about uh, that? Is anybody looking at the uh, bracket and seeing that I don't want any upsets to happen whatsoever? Because a Virginia, North Carolina, Syracuse, Duke semifinals would be fantastic. Oh, it would be so much fun. That Saturday would be amazing. Yep. Yeah, th- it's kind of cool to have the uh, conference championship game back on a Sunday. And that's the way the Big East used to do it for a long, long time. And then late 90s, I think it switched. But it used to always be on on a Sunday. So it's kind of cool to have that again, too. Well, it's fun they used to bitch about the ACC every year. Like, every single year, I just bitch about it. And go, like, why the ACC get to do this? Now I get it. Because you know what? Like, if you win the conference championship, there's no time for the committee to, like, consider anything else but the fact that you just won the, the, the conference championship. And they'll see you as high as they want to go. Um, it, I, I think it's actually really advantageous for us because it's benefited Duke and UNC specifically in the past. Um, and, and I'm hoping that we kind of get to use it to our own um, advantage going forward. Uh, last, last question. Uh, who's going to win this thing? Uh, Jared, we'll start with you. Uh, who do you think is the most likely team uh, to win the ACC tournament this year? Oh, man, that is, that is tough because if you look, like I say, if you look at the semifinals, there's are four quality teams that could definitely win. Um, let's, you know, I was going to say North Carolina. It seems like Matt's really on North Carolina. Um, but, you know, one thing about them I really didn't like is how they showed up against Duke. I mean, that's a rival game like that. They just seemed like they came up flat and just really didn't compete throughout the whole game. And that really concerns me. I know I really like them going into that Duke game, but, man, that really uh, threw me through for a loop a little bit. Um, so I'm going to look at it, and I'm going to say Virginia. I'm going to say Virginia kind of keeps things rolling. Uh, for them. I don't like them going into the uh, NCAA tournament, but uh, let's just see how they react. I think they can get back North Carolina – and uh, Syracuse and Duke are going to go, like, four overtime, so they're going to be exhausted by the time they get to play Virginia. So, uh, yeah, I like. And let's see what the Cavaliers can do. I'm going to go with them. Uh, I'll, I'll go. Um, I don't know. My head tells me Duke. Duke's won, like, 10 of the last 15 of these. So uh, they, it just seems like they put a lot of stock into it, for better or worse. Um, but... You know, I can always just go with the uh, with the total uh, shill, Syracuse shill answer and say that, you know, obviously based on one game we're riding high now and Jeremy Grant is 120% and uh, we're unstoppable. So, sure, Syracuse, go, go for it. I'm all in on Carolina. I think that this is a team that's about ready to find – make some, it sounds dumb to say about Carolina, but I think – the Tar Heels are about to make some noise and get a little more national buzz going. A lot of people have obviously been talking about UVA lately and Duke all year and Syracuse all year. Carolina deservedly fell off the radar, but it, I think it's back. I think Marcus Page is absolutely a monster. And I'm, you know, and obviously it's in Greensboro. We talked about this already with a home court advantage. It's not a home court advantage. That is a home court advantage. So I think the Tar Heels probably end up winning this. And if it's if it's North Carolina versus Duke or Syracuse, that's <laughs> that's really that's a nice way to go into Selection Sunday, or at least into the actual pairings being announced. Yeah, um, I'm going to echo everyone, well, most everyone else. Uh, I'm going to go with North Carolina. Uh, sorry, like, I'm not going to – it's not like I don't think Syracuse can win this thing. No, they can. It's, I just see North Carolina having a much easier road um, – you know, I look at Wake, Notre Dame, and Pitt. Like, I just don't buy it. So, and while Virginia is a very good team, I don't necessarily think that they're an overwhelming number one here. Um, I just see North Carolina being able to put enough together uh, to get themselves into that Sunday championship game. You know, I think that Marcus Page is playing out of his mind right now. 
and, and that should be enough to get them there. Uh, I think Carolina, depending on what Syracuse does, I think if Syracuse, if Syracuse can get itself to the championship game against Carolina, I think it stays in the two-line. If Carolina wins ACC title, I mean, that's a, that's a team that suddenly has um, ownership over a two or three seed. Um, whether we agree with that or not is up for debate. But um, that, that's definitely a team that, that suddenly puts itself in a very, very advantageous position um, when it comes to seeding. I mean, we can't forget the uh, bevy of really nice wins that they have in non-conference play, um, as well as the uh, pretty lengthy win streak they had in ACC play. So, if, I mean, if I were anyone, I'd, I'd be... I'd be scared of the Tar Heels both in this tournament and in the NCAA as well. Yeah, about North Carolina, can we just say, because I know a lot of people got kind of upset that Marcus, and I think this is just Syracuse fans, um, and I get why it happened, but Marcus Page absolutely deserved to be number one team, first team over Tyler Ennis. I love yeah, Tyler Ennis. There's no argument that Marcus Page should have been first team. He was easily the best starter in the ACC this year. And without him, North Carolina would have continued to be that awful team that we saw earlier in the year where they lost to, like, Don't random know. mid-majors from, from Louisiana. So, Marcus Page, first team AC, All-ACC, very legitimate. Tyler was great. Second team is fine for what he did. Yeah, I'm with you. Looking at the looking, – just quickly looking at all the – teams and stuff like that. I was very happy. And not very happy, but I there was no I really didn't make couldn't make any arguments against how the voters voted and how it all panned out. I mean if CJ Fair was left off the first game I would have lost my shit, but um he didn't. He was still on there, so that was good. I was glad that there weren't four, uh, there were a ton of teams. It was kinda of weird to see all like the all defensive team, but I was nice, I was happy to see only five players on you know, per team rather than the Big East. Everyone gets a trophy, and we'll have 17 guys on one team. Yeah, it seemed a little more meaningful. You can probably make the argument Jeremy could have been on that third team, um, but, I mean, that's kind of pitching nits when you're arguing third team all time. Yeah, and it's just it's just, just motivation for him to come back next year and get on that first team and win the player of the year. Sure. Or the millions of dollars that are sitting waiting for him might be motivation otherwise. All right, and on that note, uh, I think we can close out before the uh, the British lady starts being condescending and starts counting me down on this end. Um, if anyone else has a note they'd like to add before we close up. Uh, just quickly, looking at the brackets, you were talking about the teams to look out for. SMU is another team we have to look out for. They're really athletic. Um, and if you're looking for, like, team can play, and Delaware, who won the other night, they can play as well. So those are teams to kind of look up for as I've been watching a lot of these uh, other games going on. And if you're local, my radio show Friday, 7 to 9 in the mornings, uh, we're talking with Voice of the Orange, Matt Park, live from Greensboro, among many other guests. So if you're in northern New York, tune in to Fox Sports 1410 at 7 o'clock. And if you're on I-95 at, like, 1 a.m. heading to the North Carolina area on Thursday night. Uh, you might pass me, or I might pass you. <laughs> All right. Have fun, Dan. I will. I'll that try note. to make it back. On that note, uh, thanks, everybody, for uh, stopping in tonight, and thank you, everyone, tomorrow for tuning in. Um, I'm John, and that was Jared, Dan, and Matt. Uh, thanks for listening to Syracuse Sports Make Me Drink here on the Trenion National Magician Podcast Network. Uh, go Orange this weekend. Go Orange. Go Orange. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the...
Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. At Jared, we know devotion isn't a once-a-year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted.